Hello and welcome to the Heal Your Heart, Heal Your Life podcast, the podcast where we talk all things trauma and what have you done? What do you engage in? How do you help heal your own trauma? And how can we help others listening there today to heal their trauma as well? Today, I'm very excited to introduce our guest speaker, um, Daniela Birch. She's an amazing Akashic Record reader and healer, an intuitive soul mentor, relationship consultant, and keynote speaker. She specializes in healing past life, childhood, and relationship trauma. And she's also an author of a book called F the Fairy Tale Ending. Um, welcome, Daniela. It's amazing to have you here. Um, please tell us a bit about your story. Oh, thanks, Kiara. Thanks, listeners. I'm so excited to be here too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so look, I, I've been working mainly um, around your past life history. And during my own journey, I've discovered that we've had these past life histories with the people in our lives. Mm. Um, so that doesn't necessarily just mean... Um, your relationship but also your parents it can be friendships that you've just got these issues with and so part of my work is I delve into the core root issue where this began in your soul's history so yes you haven't just been with this person this life you've been with a multiple lifetimes Kiara mm, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> interesting it's yeah there's just opens up so many questions of like oh what do we need to heal from the past lives and from this life so, yeah. Well, the, yeah, well, basically, it's usually the same thing. So it's like a Groundhog Day experience. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've got, um, let's just say, trust issues with your partner, mm. I usually go back into your Akashic records and I'll see that there's been some kind of betrayal or some infidelity or they've left you before. Mm. And that's why sometimes you get these feelings surfaced that don't make sense to you because you're like, well, I know that they're loyal to me, but why have I got this niggling feeling yeah. that um, they've betrayed me? And that usually surfaces when it's time to really heal it. So there'll be some kind of trigger into that trauma mm. that will show up and you're like this is going really really deep here this isn't making sense so as yeah. an example if I can just share a story with a client I had the other day um, she found out that her partner did something with a stripper three years ago mm. and there was just so much anger and so much betrayal and I was sort of like well I totally honour that that was traumatic for you. Mm. But then when I went into her past life history, I saw that he had actually banished her from the house and he was sleeping with other women. Mm. And this was the trauma that she was experiencing. Yeah, yeah. So once I put that into her, into her conscious mind and we worked through that past life self, mm. she was calm. She was at peace and she was like, okay, I can forgive my, my husband mm. now. So would you say that when something comes up in a relationship, a conflict where it's like almost like your reaction doesn't fit, say, the, for lack of a better word, the crime, um, would you say that that might potentially be leading to a past life situation? 100%. Yeah. Especially yeah. if there's just these unresolved fears and anxiety. Mm. And logically you're thinking, they haven't really done anything that bad. Like mm. this mm. isn't making sense. 
but of course we always have to go back to our childhood wounds because a lot of the time it's going to trigger that memory from yeah. the mother or father that's you know abandoned you rejected you and yeah so we look at everything holistically mm. for sure mm. yeah I had someone say to me the other day they're like oh you're engaged now does that mean like it's all happy families and everything's all great with you and your your partner and I was like <laughs> look I wouldn't quite say that I'm like yeah we're, yeah we're doing well but there's a I feel like there's almost a part in every relationship where you get comfortable enough or you feel safe enough that suddenly the trauma does surface and that the triggers come up have you kind of experienced that oh absolutely so my last relationship was the most spiritually advanced relationship that I've ever been in it was literally to get me to that next level mm. um and he just brought up the biggest traumas from yeah. my inner child that I don't think anyone in 50 years has been able to do wow. okay so it doesn't matter what age you are when it's ready to come up that is literally holding you back in your life mm, right mm. so if it's holding you back in your career your spiritual mission these people come into our reality to finally shift this old trauma that's yeah. been with us as I said thousands of years sometimes that we haven't had an opportunity to actually delve into mm, I find a lot of people go oh I'm just so drawn to this person it must be love it must be love but there's that part of me that wonders is it is it a trauma thing that they need to heal something then that's why they're so drawn to them as well Oh, totally. So there's, I'm sure you've heard the terminology trauma bonding, you know, yeah. so we literally magnetize to us the people who hold the same wounds. So I just discovered this with my now ex that he was a mirror soul. Okay, so mm. mirror souls will mirror our wounding. And we don't even know, like I said, that they're actually there because they're sitting in our subconscious, not doing mm. anything until this person just mirrors that, um, you know, whether it's rejection, betrayal, abandonment, abandonment wound, humiliation. And it really is an opportunity for us to finally heal it, to let go and forgive. So we're no longer mm. holding on to that story. You yeah. know, we like to hold on to the story of, oh, we're a victim and poor me. This happened to me as a child. And really, that's not what our soul or higher self wants from us. They want us to finally let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find that, especially when you're in your inner child or when you were a child, it's very easy to make it all about you and like it's my fault. It's my fault instead of when sometimes things aren't your fault at all it's like completely secondary but yeah it's so easy to blame yourself and yet yeah, bring it back to that egocentric kind of space yeah yeah totally and so when these people whether we call them karmics whether we call them mm. twin flames you know obviously that's what I specialize in just for your viewers um it really is for personal growth. So sometimes we just get caught up in the wounding of it though and mm. we and we become victims and one becomes a persecutor, you know, especially in those more narcissistic relationships. Yeah, and yeah. Um, the thing is we don't need to stay in them, you know, mm -hmm. like we become very addicted to the drama. Mm, <laughs> mm. And it's just so important for your listeners to know that okay, am I actually addicted to this drama? And is this why I'm really staying with this person? So where, where's the line? How do you know that, you know, 
this is no longer helping heal my wounding anymore. Now it's just kind of becoming more wounding. Like where's the line between a healthy and an unhealthy relationship, I suppose? When you just stay in a very victim consciousness, you're in anger, you're mm. in anxiety, you, you are disempowered. Mm. So even in my last relationship, God bless him, um, I really got to a point where I had to love myself more yeah. than being with this person that constantly triggered my trauma. Mm. So that's really the key for you. It is loving yourself more than the way that you are being treated because if that other person isn't going to change their ways yeah. and it doesn't matter how many times you set boundaries and you say enough is enough and they aren't honouring that boundary, that's when you've really got to look at it. Mm-hmm. And I guess, how do you have that conversation about your wounding and the other person hurt, like touching on that or provoking that in a way with a partner? It really comes down to conscious communication and yeah. coming from that adult space. So if one person isn't an awakened being, you know, they're very closed minded, they don't want to look at themselves they just mm. want to keep projecting that it's your fault that's going to be really difficult to have that open loving communication yeah. especially as I said if you're in a relationship that can tend to be more narcissistic and blame and make it your fault um that's when really it, it comes down to a third party a mediator or to someone that um that person feels safe to be able to speak up yeah um, that's really my my view (laughs) I'm a big believer in that it takes two to tango and that that there's never one person who's always right like it it's always you're both always in an argument situation or a trigger situation there's always parts to play in both sides and I think being able to reflect on that is a really great way to be able to healthily deal with these things sometimes yeah but some people don't have that that. They're, they're not there yet Oh, for sure. Like that need to be right is just such an ego driven, mm. you know, behavior doesn't get you anywhere at all. It's, it's really how much are you invested in this relationship and how much are you willing to, you know, come to this realization that this is the relationship I still want to be in. If it's, um, you know, it's for comfortability, familiarity, I'm scared of being alone then, you know, that's going to be quite difficult for you if you become complacent and you get used to being treated a certain way. Again, Mm -hmm. it just comes back to yourself and self-love, doesn't it, Mm -hmm. Kiara? Oh, definitely. Everything with relationships comes back to self-love. I'm a huge (laughs) believer in that. (laughs) Um, So in your last relationship, I guess, what were you learning? What were you growing? Oh, just so many things. I would say the main thing for me is, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to when they've been in a relationship that causes a lot of trauma, is that she, I'm powerful. Mm. My inner child just really grew and evolved, or, you know, aspects of my inner child, especially mm. the ones that were sexually abused. So mm. 
you know, that was my background. I yeah. came from a family that really didn't um, listen and honour me when I was going through a lot of uh, trauma as a child. Yeah. And so this relationship really, because, you know, there was a lot of love there too. And I knew the role that he was playing, you know, mm. being a psychic, obviously, it was a lot easier for me to see what he was actually doing for me. So I could get out of that ego space sometimes and just be so grateful for the fact that he was there to really work with these wounded parts of me Mm. and I had that opportunity to finally be empowered you know for the first time and and just say no more to people trying to uh, manipulate me or disempower me so Mm. you know I've come out on top for sure (laughs) oh that's a fantastic lesson to learn and I'm sure that'll take you places from now on like for someone who's never worked with their inner child before what advice could you give them of how they could maybe go and sit with that wounding or I don't know connect in usually the inner child will show up as an emotion okay so you might be feeling vulnerable or angry or you know just not heard that is usually the inner child so what I usually do is I just sit with her Um, and I just start to to connect into that emotion. So if it's anger, I'll just start to ask questions. Mm. Okay, inner child, why are you feeling angry at me right now? And Mm. she'll just blurt it out. I don't want to be with this person anymore. Why are you putting me in danger? I'm trying to tell you that I've had enough. Mm. And it's really an inner dialogue, but it's your willingness to to really go within and really discover what, is actually going on because the inner child is the one that unless they are healed will create the chaos will not allow you to be in a loving relationship like they'll keep manifesting the karmics or the ones that um keep trying to control you or hurt you until you say to this part of you it's okay the adult self's got you i'm hearing you and then she'll be like calm Mm-hmm. so I hope that that hope that helps yeah so <laughs> that's just the way I've done it yeah essentially what you're saying is that when we've got wounding in childhood or even adolescence I'd say that we never kind of dealt with it it, it will find a way to come back in our relationships 100% because that's what the higher self sets up mm. so we've got this higher part of us that we call the higher self that oversees our life and the higher self you know is neutral so it doesn't see a situation as good or bad Mm. but we'll set up these situations until the ego self is like okay I've mastered this lesson yeah I don't need to keep going back to this same scenario or these same archetypes or these people that just keep triggering my wounds so you'll find with more of a soulmate relationship, definitely you're with your soulmate. I mean, there's there's things that show up in the relationship, of course, but it's not so triggering that trauma all the time. Yeah. So I usually find when it's a more karmic relationship where you've come through every incarnation with the same traumas yeah. that you finally get to this place of, actually, I just want to be with this soulmate and it's calm and it's more mm. peaceful and it's more honouring and they're my best friend. Usually with the karmics, no, there's, it's not a friendship. It's more um, you come together with, um, you know, like really great sex and you know, yeah. sort of very, yeah, just a different energy. Passionate and fiery in a way, yeah. 
yeah, 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 passionate fiery, yeah, and it just keeps, you know, let's just trigger this wound again. I mean, mm. look, every relationship is an opportunity for soul growth, but um, it's like the, the higher you ascend this lifetime, the more you get even bigger lessons. So people have this thing that when you become more spiritually aware or, you know, um, you're mastering certain things that it becomes easier in your relationships. Well, as I said, I'm 50 and I've never had a relationship like this in my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. What made you kind of decide, well, I don't know if it was a decision, um, your, your childhood wounding with the sexual abuse, was there a part in your life when you're like, I'm going to work on healing this or did it just come up? It's always come up at one point in the relationship because when you've been abused, mm. any kind of abuse, it's a trust issue. Yeah. So for me, I just didn't have a lot of trust in men, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's carried through, doesn't matter what relationship it's been in. Um, like there was a lot of protection that I had around me where I just couldn't allow men in to that real depth of what I know that I deserved mm. um and so with this person I really allowed myself to be vulnerable and he pushed through a lot of those barriers yeah. but then it got to a point where he hit the real sexual trauma <laughs> yeah. and and I couldn't get past that so I'm gonna need to call someone in who's more gentle and who's done that in a work to I feel really get me to the other side of that so it's really been a unpacking um, mm. <laughs> over these 50 years of you know this person got me to this point and this person and got me to this point but you know at the end of the day I'm trusting myself more now and that's yeah. what it comes down to doesn't it <laughs> definitely well, yeah once you have trust in yourself things shift for the better for sure and I find each relationship kind of gives us that sense of what we're looking for a little bit more like you've just noted gentleness is something you want to call in now and I think we don't really know what we do want until we know what we don't want in a way sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that that that's exactly it and I, I have to say lovingly um my my ex-partner really showed me what I don't want in a man in the end which um yeah. you know he's going to be perfect for someone else but I, I know what I want now and and that was the beauty and that's where we look back at our relationships and not focus on the trauma and and the negative it's always looking at what did I learn how much have I changed since yeah. I was with this person and you'll thank them you know like there's a lot of clients that come to me and they're just still so angry and resentful of how they were treated and I'm mm. like no please just look at what you've actually learned about yourself so you're mm. not calling that in <laughs> yeah and I really feel like that's the difference between victim mentality and not victim mentality is taking that step back from the pain and what you've been through and how it wasn't right what you went through and stepping more into that mindset of yeah what did I learn from this how did I grow from this suffering because suffering will always grow you as a person in one way or another um, is it that I trust myself more all of a sudden and I have that and I can bring that into my next relationship um, and I think once we shift our focus a little bit it becomes easier to have that next relationship because we're not so wounded anymore yeah correct and I just wanted to bring up we've been programmed as a race with this victim victimizer software okay mm. so if we sort of look at the fact that as a human being 
we've been programmed to be in suffering to stay in a lower vibration so we stay in anger and guilt and shame and I'm not worthy so it's really recognizing that am I in a program here that um I've got to get myself out of and go Mm. actually I Mm. am worthy I am lovable I am deserving so that's something that I've really sort of started to um acknowledge about myself all the all the aspects of me that have been put in that victimizer software and Mm. I'm really trying to free myself of that and it's so strong in people (laughs) yeah definitely I think there's so much of yeah there's still societal gender roles and things like that that the woman has to be quiet and just deal with it and and like no no we don't we can speak up we can fight back but there's no yeah, there's no, no, no one telling us we can. And so it's like breaking through that. I'm allowed to have a voice. I'm allowed to, you know, speak my truth and I should be respected for that as well. Um, 100%. And that's, what's really showing up for the divine feminine at the moment where we are breaking out of these, as I said, their programs, their systems, where we've been taught that we can't, connect into our feminine power because that feminine intuitive power is the most like powerful gift that we have and so this is why a lot of men have tried to diminish our worth that have tried to squash that energy and um you know keep us in that victim Mm. um and this is why i'm just like we're here to rise now out of the shadows out of the darkness out of these belief systems that we can't be our true intuitive self yeah yeah especially things like anger and things like that like is it serving you is it is it helping you move to where you want to be in your life or is it something that's holding you back and i guess that's the question well that's it i mean when you sit in anger for, you know, I'm sure you're the same with your work. Sometimes you see people and they're just really stuck in their story. They're mm. stuck in their belief that I have to be the victim and this happened to me and my mum is narcissistic and she treats me this way. It's really seeing it is a program that you have been you know it's been set up as a child so it's not an easy thing if you've already had that program installed in you and then you meet someone who reaffirms that Mm. that is not going to be easy for you to release that story so I hope that sort of helps you you, your viewers and even your work that it's like okay this is a program and we Mm. just need to dismantle it now and in that program there's lots of beliefs of course but it's just finding what what the core belief is and usually it is I am not worthy yeah 100% nearly every single time yep (laughs) um that makes me think of one of the main programming things that I've been working through myself is people pleasing like I feel like my whole life I've been this people pleaser and to bring it back to our point from before, when you're a people pleaser, you you give in and you just do what's expected of you because you feel like you need to and there's a sense of guilt around saying no and, and standing up for yourself. And then you, you find that people will manipulate that. They'll come in and victimise you because they know they can because you're a people pleaser. And then you feel heartbroken and horrible and it's not fair at all whatsoever. But there's that, I had to learn within myself, there was that part of me that needed to stand up and actually throw off the shackles of people pleasing so that I would stop being victimized um, and being able to stand in my own light and go, you know, no, I don't want to do that. 
and sitting with the fear and the anxiety and the pain of that was ultimately the becoming of letting go of my victim mentality. Right. And I just wanted to um, extend something around that. The guilt program is one of the hardest ones to shift. Mm. So usually linked to the people pleaser is that guilt program that has been installed that if you don't do what the parent wants or the parent wants you to show up in a certain way, wants you to be perfect, wants you to stay silent. And yeah, that's where you really learn, isn't it? To be that people pleaser, but it's usually associated with guilt. Mm, Definitely. Like the whole, just like, good girl you're a good girl because you did exactly what I asked of you like oh just I cringe now I really cringe (laughs) because it just sets you up for so much trauma and I'm just like oh I really hope that you know when I eventually have kids I can do better you know oh for sure like I can honestly say as a mother that most of the time I do the polar opposite of you know the way that I was brought up and um Mm. Yeah, because I'm aware of programs and the more that we we have that realisation that, oh, maybe this is a program, this is a program, then we start to break free of it. And it's just mm. so empowering when you suddenly go, I don't need to feel guilty anymore. Like I'm rising above this. So usually it's really shifting your frequency. So when I say shifting your frequency, it's shifting your thought forms. It's recognising that, oh, I'm feeling guilty again. Okay, what can I do to break out of this um, lower thought form? I'll sit in the frequency of gratitude or unconditional love or, mm. you know, it's your willingness to want to shift that it comes down to. So yeah. if there's parts of you that aren't ready to let go of your story, who aren't ready to let go of being a victim because it may you believe it serves you but Mm. it doesn't Mm. so that's when you get to that point of this needs to change like there has to be a lot of pain before you get to that place of okay I really need to look at this and yeah get this addressed (laughs) and I feel like letting go of that victim is so scary for a lot of people because it's like I have to it almost feels like I'm forgiving them I'm letting letting them get away with it but it's not their actions are not okay no matter what they did and letting go of you sitting in your victim and, and even forgiving them does not mean it's okay. It just means that you're giving yourself that peace that you've decided to move on and move forward. 100%. I love that, Kiara. Absolutely. And what it comes down to is, yes, you're right, it may not necessarily be a forgiveness thing, but it's recognising that the more you stay in that victim, you are actually giving your power to them still. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so when I say that to people, I'm like, okay, you don't need to forgive them at this point. Mm. Reaching that place of just accepting what is without having that emotional attachment to it, Yeah, that's when you just take your power back and you're just like, all right, I'm not giving you one more ounce of my energy, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you like- know, so like that holding on to anger is almost like drinking poison yourself in a way it's like no it's time to let go of that because you deserve better you don't have you shouldn't have exactly. to sit in that anger anymore like you've, you you went through it the first time you know yeah yeah exactly because you're still linked to them energetically so we have what we call shark records that go from our heart to them and so they are still using your energy the mm. more that you in these lower states of consciousness so um 
yeah, why we, why would you want to keep giving your power away to this person who, you know, disrespected you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd love to know um, with your recent relationship that you've went through when he was triggering kind of your childhood wounding, how did you go from a place of being in that and dealing with that? And then, yeah, moving to that acceptance, the way you've kind of said, like, you know, I'm grateful that he played that role, but I had to move on. Like, how do you, was there a thought process behind that? moving from one to the other um I would say that it was just putting myself in his shoes mm. a lot because sometimes when we keep making it about ourselves and they're doing this to me um I really had to just again sit with my inner child and say okay how about we put ourselves in his shoes and just start inquiring what's actually going on mm. right mm. I mean as I said I'm I'm you know, a conscious soul. So I recognize that when that was going on, that there's some avoidance issue or there's some trauma that was being triggered in him too. Yeah. So then I'd inquire and start to say, well, you know, what are you feeling? What's going on? And I would speak to his saboteur. And it was always a saboteur that mm. was creating, creating the chaos. And so it would be, okay, take a deep breath, go outside, wait five minutes, come back inside and just say, okay, let's start communicating this through. And then he'd have this massive breakthrough of, oh, well, this is actually why this trigger just came up. And a lot of the time it's unconscious. Okay, mm, It's not as though mm. he was deliberately trying to trigger me because it is Christ sometimes because he, he would just see how upset I was and he yeah. hates upsetting my inner child yeah. so it, it's usually something going on with them too that it's just okay don't react to it just start communicating and seeing mm, definitely um it was a real mindset shift for me when I, I read this article once which was just like people who you know need to be in positions of power and abuse that power often were uh, vulnerable before that and they didn't have that power before that and that's why they feel the need to be drawn towards that power to kind of make sure that they're not in that vulnerable position again and it was like wow mm. everyone's got a story I think behind what they do um even if definitely it is, yeah even if it is horrifying to you know witness or whatever um well that's it because we, we at one point we lovingly need to deal with that darker part of us, you know, mm. like if we, if we want to put on this persona that we're a good person, we're a good catch, you know, I do everything for you, you know, you're not actually looking at yourself. You're just wanting someone to love and accept you for, you know, as you said, I'm, I'm people pleasing, but look at your behavior. Look at why you're actually doing that because you don't feel loved. Mm. right I want to feel loved and so if I do these things for this person then I'll get something back you know they're yeah. gonna love me but they're they're not actually dealing with their stuff <laughs> I often find that that mentality is so fraught with like um being manipulated it's like oh I'll do everything for them and then they'll love me but really you do everything for them and then they just kind of take advantage and realize like think that you'll always do everything for them and there's no it, it doesn't foster a healthy, loving relationship like you think it would mentally. Oh, definitely. And especially that people pleaser archetype. Um, like the dynamics are just so interesting in relationships because 
they are programmed to be that way. And so mm. they put up with things way, way longer than anyone else because I find they usually have this real trauma around abandonment. And yeah. so they'd rather put up with crap than actually uh, be by themselves. So they'll keep people pleasing even more. Believing mm, mm. like things that. are going to change. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't actually work in the end because that other person usually loses respect because it's like, well, they'll do anything for me and it doesn't matter how I treat them. Mm. It's recognizing that those dynamics usually show up when you're being taught power, when you're being taught to stand in the truth of who you are. Mm, definitely. So say someone listening out there is like, oh, I have a bit of an abandonment wound. You know, I don't want to be by myself. I've just noticed that. How, where would they start? What would you advise of how to heal that? Oh, absolutely. In a child, you know, so book him with me for an inner child session or book him with you. Um, it really takes a the right practitioner to be able to get to that core root mm. um, and I tap into the inner child and I'll say okay this is what the inner child's saying this is where the program got set up and we go from there mm. yeah I'll, I just I, I, I don't like to I'm not comparing myself to a psychologist in the slightest I'm just saying the work that I do is completely different where you could go to a psychologist and have 12 sessions with an inner child you come to see me and it's one or two, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we get it done. We get to the core root. This is where this, you know, inner child got set up with this belief that I need to people please, or I have to be silenced or I have to be disempowered. Mm. Um, that's it. That's the simplest way I, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I guess, have you got anything else you would like to add about your own journey of how you moved through your own wounding or what you've learned or how you've healed? It really just came down to, I want to be the most exceptional version of myself. Mm. So for me, it's like, I will, you know, sort of say to the higher self, put me in situations that are going to allow me to have this deep growth yeah. um, because I know the kind of relationship I now want to be in. Mm. And so sometimes we have to put ourselves through these, I call them spiritual tests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because at the end of the day, earth is a school. And so mm. if you want to advance yourself out of, you know, year 12 and go on to university level, these are the kind of relationships that we call in for our growth. And I mean, that's what they're there for. Yeah. So if you're in a relationship that, you know, is complacent or it's boring and you're starting to look outside that relationship, that's a clear indication that that relationship's done and your higher self wants you to move on and be with someone that's going to give you more of a challenge. So mm. that's what it was for me. Mm. absolutely I got to a place where I'm like you know what I've done enough inner child work enough shadow work let's move on to a true love now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's almost like okay yeah we've learned what we needed to learn from this situation time to move forward um correct you and can that's always, what it comes down to you can always ask for show me where I need to heal or show me what work I need to do for someone who's starting new I think for you, you're, you're natural, obviously. <laughs> so um, you probably, you probably, and you just know your connection with the universe obviously helps a lot with that as well. 
I was just going to say to your listeners, if you want to call in a love, please ask for your soulmate because the soulmates are, as I said, just so much more nurturing and gentle. They want you to be a better person. Um, and, it, and it's just so much easier. Mm. All right. So it's really being sort of careful with your wording and who do you actually want to call in? If it's a love of your life, you want to have kids with these people, ask for your soulmate. I wouldn't be putting out there, I want a karmic or a twin flame at this point because mm. the twin flame relationships, like they are the most triggering of all of them. So there's a lot of things going around. Ah, oh, you want to be with your twin flame? Take it from me. Um, it's not a gentle relationship. <laughs> mm, it's often, yeah, the explosive ones that, and I find people just confuse that with love. Like I'm crazy for this person. I'm crazy for them. You know, it must be love, but is it love or is it trauma? Is it trauma bonding? Like, yeah. Asking Absolutely. And if it, if you're in a disempowered state and you're feeling constricted, that's usually showing you that you are in trauma. So when you feel expansive, open, mm. joyful, that's the kind of relationship I'd like to see your viewers in. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I think everyone deserves that kind of relationship for sure. It's just, yeah, sometimes it takes a little bit of shadow work to get there, you know. Exactly. you just yeah. got to be willing to delve into those darker parts and um, mm. then you, as I said, you you won't become that people pleaser anymore because you see it doesn't serve you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly the role will fall away when you realize that it's there. You know, you got to realize it's a, that does a thing before you can kind of work on it. Um, Absolutely. Awesome. You got to have, have that realization for sure. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add to your story or that you think the listeners might need to hear? Um, I really feel like that's the basis of, of my work and mm. what I want to share with people. Just don't put up with, second best don't put up mm. with mediocre love don't put up with breadcrumbs you know like you're here to experience this pure love this lifetime and really just not to keep bringing in these relationships that are going to trigger your wounds because you're not going to move forward in life so mm. that's really my conclusion today yeah fantastic just you know there's there's always more out there if you are willing to kind of take the risk and search I suppose yeah I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we've got like 144 members in our soul group mm. and then you've got 144,000 in your monadic group. So when people say to me, ah, oh, there's only the one, I'm like, ah, uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> We're multidimensional beings. Like we can call in so many different partners and I think people get very caught up in that that it's only the one person for me. And a lot of my readings, you know, like I did one, yesterday and she'd met her partner mm. when she was 16 and yeah. she's now 23 and she's had a child and she's like I'm looking outside the marriage like I'm like of course you are like mm. you've been with this person for, for what seven years or whatever yeah. it was and she was almost feeling guilty I'm like of course you're going to outgrow your partner like it's mm. a natural thing like but a lot of people are caught up in this story that oh, this is the only soulmate for me and this is all that, you know, life has to offer. And I'm like, of course not. <laughs> yeah, it's like, again, that programming that, you know, you must marry someone and be with them together forever, like no matter what. And it's like, well, if you're going through a lot of wounding and if you're in a lot of pain, I don't know if I subscribe to no matter what. 
or yeah, maybe That's you outgrow right. them. Maybe it's that simple, you know, and there's more someone out there who's going to, yeah, grow you in a different way or give you different things for sure. And I love the idea of that what, there's more than one one. Well, we mentioned my book at the start. This is exactly the message in my book. So you can find it on Amazon. It's usually easier just to type in my name because, you know, obviously the first word is a swear word. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if anyone wants more information about everything we've discussed today, it's it's in my book. So um, highly recommend your viewers to, to get a copy. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll definitely link that below the podcast for sure. And where else can we find you, Daniela? Anywhere else? Um, so a bit of a fan on TikTok at the moment under my name. I'm on, yeah, all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, obviously. But, yeah, I'm having fun on TikTok at the moment with all my relationship videos. <laughs> Love a bit of TikTok. It's so quick and easy. Videos <laughs> and, yeah, plenty of information on there. So, yeah, love to help people, love to help you. Yes, we've Thanks, had some Kira. amazing readings in the past. <laughs> Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Daniela, this has been an awesome experience to be able to talk to you about all this amazing karmic relationship stuff. <laughs>